It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. All right, welcome to the Metaphysical Mastery Podcast with a mother and daughter team. My name is Kate Nelligan, and I have my mom here, Peggy Nelligan. Go ahead and say hi, Mom. Hi. Hi, everyone. We are excited to be with you yet again for a new topic, and this month we picked season of light being that uh, it is December 2022 and we have a lot of different holidays coming up. There is a lot of talk about light in general with solstice and I just really wanted to understand what the metaphysical meaning was of some of these holidays because we can kind of get lost in um, a lot of what we see out there commercially or in the marketing world with different holidays. So I'm excited to uh, get going here, and thanks so much. Um, Just to give you a quick background, I am an equine-partnered life and career coach, animal communicator, author, and speaker, and uh, my mom has been the director of the Metaphysical Center of New Jersey for many years and has studied quite a bit, uh, has uh, two masters, a PhD, all the good stuff, um, and really understands metaphysical concepts. So we're really excited to kind of banter and talk and discuss some of these things that you may be wondering about or might be uh, educational and illuminating. So thanks for being here and listening. And yeah, let's let's kickstart this, Mom. Where do you want to start? Sounds good. Well, you know, the first thing I think we should talk about, since you mentioned all the holidays are coming up, um, we've got Christmas and Hanukkah and the whole idea of Yule, which is connected with the solstice. And all of those, one of the main things in all of them is light. And since we're talking about the season of light, I figured we'd start with that, and um, we might start with Christmas, if that's okay. Yeah, let's start with Christmas. All right. So one of the things that um, in the teachings in metaphysics I'd like to address first is that the Christian religious meaning of Christmas is somewhat different from the metaphysical meaning of Christmas. So um, whatever your religious beliefs are, Metaphysics is not saying anything to um, deny them or denigrate them in any way whatsoever. Everybody has their own religious beliefs. But the metaphysical teaching about um, Christmas is a little bit different. And the first thing is to look at the date. And when historically we look at the um, birth of Jesus, the date that we're celebrating his birthday is December 25th when in reality it is believed that he was born in March or April of the year. Um, In the Bible, um, it talks about when the shepherds watched over their flocks by night. Well, they could have only have done that when it was warm enough, so that would have been the springtime. And so a lot of other um, connections that are made with the birth of Jesus relate it to probably in March or April. And the other strange part is that 
you know, we're using calendars where we have um, in the past talked about B.C., which is before the birth of Jesus, and A.D., which is the Latin Anno Domini, meaning after the birth of Jesus. And so we, you know, many people start with December 25th as a zero point. And in fact, historically, Jesus most likely, based on all of the facts that have been uncovered about his birth, was probably born in what we would call 4 or 5 B.C., meaning before he was really born. So according to the calendars, it depends on what you're using, the Julian calendar or um, the more recent calendars. You know, we're, we're talking about a date that is not actually December 25th. Now, why did the Christians particularly start with that date? And it's a pretty interesting story. Um, what basically happened is that the religions of the time throughout the, the world were what, what we would call pagan religion. They all had their own god that they worshipped. When they battled each other, whatever side won the battle, that became the prominent god and so on. But they also kept their own gods that they worshipped. So what happened then when um, the Christians came along and decided that they wanted to set up Jesus on December 25th, excuse me, is that they were honoring the god Saturn in the Roman Empire during that time. And so December 25th was the Feast of Saturnalia. And what basically happened is that the Emperor Constantine, who was the ruler of the Roman Empire at that time, um, through a long story that you can read about, he changed almost overnight to being a Christian. And as a result, every land of the Roman Empire also then had to become uh, and worship the Christian tradition. So that's why they decided rather than make it uh, a separate time, they would go ahead and use the Feast of the Saturnalia that people were already um, celebrating, and that's when they decided to make December 25th the birth of Jesus. So it's really pretty interesting. 2,000 years later, we're still using that date when historically that probably wasn't the actual date of his birth. I mean, I pretty think the whole calendar huh? thing is, I mean, I I have such a hard time, like, believing in stuff sometimes where I'm like, okay, but then, like, that's probably never going to change because everyone is really bought into it and really subscribed to it. But I mean, there's a whole lot of things that I think are interesting when you look at a calendar because sometimes I energetically feel like, okay, I think Mercury retrograde is now not in two weeks. So how do we know for sure? Like did the calendar change? And, you know, so it's, it's an interesting um, thing. Yeah. I also think that, and I don't know if you'll talk about this later, but Christmas is really like the spiritual meaning of Christ. And it's not necessarily like we're not doing a birthday party (laughs) for Jesus. (laughs) It's really, you know, but it's become this very commercialized, like gift giving thing. And while on some side of that, you're gathering family, you're thinking about giving and receiving, but like what's the actual esoteric or spiritual meaning of Christ? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that is another issue that, um, again, related to religion versus metaphysics is is a little bit different. Um, When you're talking about 
Christ, the word Christ, many, many Christians use the phrase Jesus Christ as though Christ is the last name, (laughs) when in fact Jesus was a Jew, of course, and he would have been, um, he was never Jesus, by the way, that is the Anglicized version. He was Yeshua. And in Hebrew, there, there is no J, so it was a Y. And it was Joshua, which then became more anglicized to Joshua, which then, of course, became changed to Jesus. So that's where the meaning, <laughs> the name Jesus even came from. But the meaning of Christ is, um, is, is even more different. The word Christ is, comes from the Greek Christos, which means anointed one. Now, when Jesus was being baptized by St. John, um, supposedly the uh, Holy Spirit descended on him, and that was when they said he was anointed or baptized The word is another word that was used. And in the 23rd Psalm, it says, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Now, you can actually take that literally. That may have been the way it was it, that it happened, that oil was used and so on and so forth. But metaphysically, it actually refers to in the body, the pineal gland in, in the brain um, actually becomes erect in enlightenment. And the fluid that is released flows down and pours the energy onto the pituitary gland. Now, that happens at the moment of enlightenment. And so when we say that Jesus became enlightened at his baptism, we are saying that he reached cosmic consciousness. And that we can all reach that at some point. It affects the whole body. You have a whole feeling of bliss. There are actual physiological changes, chemical changes that take place within the body. But that is what the term Christed means, when a person awakens to their own Christ consciousness, to their own higher spiritual consciousness. So um, when we awaken to our own higher self, we get to a point where we understand that we are all connected to the source energy, the divine energy, and that's where the expression, we are all sons of God. Jesus was a son of God. Um, in that respect. And so the Christ experience is something that anybody can go through, and that's why many people then refer to Jesus as the Christ, meaning that he was anointed or baptized. And so that's sort of where the word Christ comes from. But again, in many religions, he's simply referred to as Jesus Christ, as though it is the last name somewhere along the line. Yeah, I mean, again, I just, it's so interesting where a lot of this is religious versus metaphysics slash spiritual. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of sides, adamancy, I don't know, around some of this. Whereas I look at it from something like way more practical, being that I was an atheist for so many years. And I've never really been religious. I've studied religion in college. I um, studied Buddhism and I studied world religions over years. And I just still feel like very strongly that metaphysics is also fascinating because you're looking at quantum and you're looking at that. But then I look at the practicality of spirituality, which is like, 
okay, what is the energy of Christmas? And if you have these representations, like what are what's the symbology or the meaning that you can apply to your own life? So like what is Santa Claus? What is light? What are Christmas lights? What are gifts? What's wrapping gifts? What is family spending time with family? What are stockings? Like how do you look at stuff from a place of like the theme? So for instance, like decorating is making things more beautiful, right? And how does that spark joy? How does the color, especially the colors of red and green, if you're to look at what those typically mean, green is often associated with earth energy or heart energy. Red is often associated with, like, power and grounding. And so it's like, could those really have some symbology in Christmas, right, the colors of red and green, the energy of decorating and beautifying up your space, right, and, like, making things look nice for yourself and for others. Like, how is that actually an act of self-love or self-care? Um, how is the light, like, actually putting out physical lights, an outer representation of our own inner light, right, as light beings? Um, so I just think I look at it more rather from, like, this really specific male figure that a lot of people are gravitating around to more of like, you know, that energy of like Jesus Christ is really the energy of love, the energy of compassion, the energy of healing in most of the ways he's been portrayed. And how is the, how are those messages most important to us during a time when we're with family or with friends, you know, or especially at the end of a year? In many ways, it's a good thing Christmas falls at the end of the year instead of the spring because it is something that it's like a time where we do kind of have a completion energy to a year right um and time off and time to reflect and i think like that to me is the biggest issue sometimes around the holidays is that it's so hustle and bustle and busy that people lose sight of like it's actually a time for reflection and it's a time for simple joys and um, it doesn't have to be super extravagant, right? Um, so I don't know. I like to just remind people, like, there is a lot of joy in those small moments of just, and there's also a lot of metaphor and symbology in this holiday called Christmas. And that's, when, you know, you bring yeah. up that whole point about the lights, and that is exactly what this is, the inner light. It's the inner light that we are here to awaken you know, coming from within us. Everybody yearns for that connection, whether it's with other people or with animals or, you know, with God, whatever you want to. We have this yearning for a connection of some kind. And so um, when you look at it from a spiritual metaphysical point of view, it is the light within that you're trying to awaken. And that's a perfect time of year to do that because, and and it, that's why Yule, which is another celebration that occurs right around this time, uh, at the time of the solstice itself, it's a it's a, an ancient pagan celebration um, of the sun god of Sol, and that's when the darkness gives over to the light, and that's when the long the shortest day of the year occurs and the longest night occurs. So we have more darkness at that time, and in the Yule celebration. They're celebrating the new solar year, which is the beginning of winter. And it, they say that Father Winter puts on his mantle of white to cover the mother as she sleeps and waits for spring to renew herself so that she can return to the world once again. 
And so when you think about the great mother goddess giving birth to the sun child, who now begins to bring forth is the promise of new life that we have. And that is exactly what happens when we go within. And that's why this is a time of year when, you know, even though we use the, the time of year when we change the clocks and it gets dark early, it forces us to really slow down, go within. And yet you're right. Many of the holidays, is, you know, we're rushing, rushing around frantically trying to get gifts and remembering everything that we're supposed to do. But um, really the Christmas lights are the reminder of um, Jesus' birth. And, you know, and also connected with that light, I just want to mention the, in the, the story of Jesus' birth, it's the star of Bethlehem um, and the light it provided the three wise men so that they could follow it for months, actually, to find the infant Jesus. Now, that, the research is very up in the air as to what that was. Um, it couldn't have been a meteor because it lasted a long time. Um, it could have been a comet because that is something that lasts for a long time, and they could have followed that. Um, that's certainly a possibility. But they actually have not been able to historically identify what it is that, it was, but when you think of Jesus, and they called him the light of the world, and it, the, the belief in, in many religions as well as metaphysics is that Jesus came as a human so that he would be able to inspire humans to express their own divine nature. We're all part of the divine. We're not separate from it. A lot of people think that we're, everything is separate because we are meant to think that way. That's what the ego is all about and our personality, our human animal self is all about. But really the old saying of, you know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience is so true. And so I think that whole idea of this time of year to celebrate the birth of Jesus is not so much on you know, the, the man himself and what he, but what did he come to, to teach us? He often said, what I do, you can do and more. And he was here as a way shower, just as the light workers are today. They are way showers. And I think that's what's important to remember about the light, that we're here, you know, to spread it to every corner where there's darkness. And by darkness, I mean the unconscious, unawakened, aspect of humanity so by the way I, I had read and this surprised me light is another name for god you know some people use the word source creator i am presence and so on but the, when you read the bible if you read genesis in the beginning and they say and god said let there be light what was really happening at least in the physics we teach this God did not divide itself. God is energy, first of all, just to begin. It's not a person. It's not a thing. It's energy. And that energy reflected itself throughout all of creation. It didn't divide itself, so therefore nothing is separate from that energy. We are all part of that energy. But it's reflected through all of the levels of or dimensions of creation just another aside <laughs> yeah and i mean i'll bring it back to the practical which is just that ultimately 
I think, my greater desire in having a lot of clients and friends and myself and family that can get really um, intense <laughs> around the holidays is that it's it's just a, for me, like the goal with this podcast is a conscious reminder that we are all light and that we can shine brighter than feeling good and um, staying connected to our true nature versus we can dim our lights be it with fear, anxiety, or judgment, or shoulds and have tos. And I think there's a lot of shoulds and have tos during the holiday season. And I just get this sense that, like, we haven't questioned them in a very long time. And I started to question them several years ago, which is why I don't really celebrate Christmas the way certainly I used to. Um, But if you think about kids going through it, there's so much magic and wonder, right? And there's so much in that space of like, do reindeer fly? And is Santa Claus real? And what is it like to have a gift? And obviously, um, there's just this like childlike awe that I feel like we can tap back into during this month. And, And also, especially like, days before, day of, and day after the energy. And it's not about the commercial of like, you know, did I give the perfect gift? Did I get the perfect gift? Did I get enough? Is there enough? Like we have to really go back to just that like natural sense of awe and wonder, which will always leave us feeling enough and feeling actually a lot of reverence for the world and for each other. So, you know, I think this is a time of year to, to start to really question, like, how am I living my life? Am I am, am I in alignment with my values? Um, I was someone that loved picking out a Christmas tree for my entire childhood. It was so important to me until I finally started to think, like, that's a dead tree in my house. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. And I still appreciate them. And, like, one of my friends gets one from a place that is regenerative, meaning they plant new ones every time they cut one down, which I think is – very cool but I have a fake tree now because I feel you know and even wrapping gifts it's like how do we do it in a way where things are more sustainable we're not creating a lot of waste in the world and I also want to remind people like there's a love language around gift giving and gift receiving which is Knowing, I mean, there's a beautiful quiz on the five love languages and book and everything else to really know, like, what do people appreciate the most? And honestly, only one of them is gifts, like physical material gifts. And there's so many things, like people who love quality time would probably enjoy an experience, right? Like going and having a nice meal together. Um, Physical touch, right, (laughs) is another love language. And acts of service, like actually, you know, baking someone something or there's lots of different ways that people know how to give and receive and have different comfort levels. And so I just think that that's also something to be mindful of and really know what would be a fit. Um, Cause I think about this time of year is like, I guess for me, I personally think we miss the mark quite a bit yet the potential to really expand and grow consciousness is now it's during a month where there is so much focus on light. There is so much focus on giving and receiving, which is a really powerful form of abundance and exchange of energy. And there is a lot of focus on joy um, and color and brightness. And I just, 
and on wonder, right? And so I just feel like we have an opportunity to, A, talk about it, which just brings awareness to it, and then, B, grow it from a place of really understanding um, that there's other meanings besides, you know, a day off work or or a couple days off work Mm and, um, you know, getting stuff checked off a box, a list, so to speak, of, like, food and gifts and whatnot. And there's also, you know, this is always a time when I think of, like, there's also different levels and people who have more and people who have less and to just stay in, like, the compassion and knowing that what we all share inside, regardless of what we have to spend on things, is we all have the ability to give and receive presence, right, connection, helping people feel seen and heard, helping people feel loved. So I go back to that. And, um I certainly have my fun taking photos with my animals with their, you know, ranger antler headbands on and elf headbands and all that because I want people to smile and feel that joy. But I just remind people of these inner qualities. So, and I, that's so important. It really is. I mean, one of the one of the things to remember that Christmas is not just a day. <laughs> you know, it really is meant to be. It's the spirit of the Christ that we're talking about, the spirit of this um, enlightened being that is within us. It's it's there, but it's usually asleep. Most of us are asleep much of the time, and which is fine. We go around on our, you know, daily rounds doing what we do, but if we really want to talk about the birth of the Christ spirit, then we need to do what you're saying, think about things in a different way. You know, so one of the things is obviously going within, you know, like you said. Yeah. Meditation. Yeah, meditation. For sure. And then another one is... Pausing um, just wherever you are and smiling at someone. Because I'll I'll never Mm -hmm. forget, like, I was checking out of a drugstore in Los Angeles years ago. And this lady was so... It was literally, like, I think a day or two after Christmas and she was so rude to the cashier and she was just impatient and she really didn't need to be. It wasn't in this, the, I just saw the cashier like shrink back cause she felt attacked. And I just like turned to this woman cause I had checked out right before her and I just was like, Christmas can be every day. And she gave me a couple <laughs> expletives and told me what to go do. But I, it was one of those moments where, you know, I could tell, like, anyone who heard me was like, oh, yeah. Like, we can't just, like, wait another year <laughs> to have this whole, you know. And obviously, like, hurt people hurt people. That's a big thing. And obviously, this woman was hurting or she wouldn't have been like that. Um, I'm not making excuses for her, but I do believe that, you know, who knows, maybe she thought about that message later on and was like, oh, I didn't need to be such a jerk, you know, mm-hmm. and how yeah. we treat other people, you know, is something that we have to really think about as in the awakening process. Like, how are we treating other people and how are we treating ourselves? Like, a lot of it kind of comes down to basic human kindness um, okay. and compassion. So. What were your other um, tips? You, it sounded like you had something else to share, too, about being the light. Well, yeah, one of the um, one of the things when you're talking about birthing the this Christ spirit within you, you know, meditation is certainly one and going within. But it's also being willing to release um, the people, places, and things that, that hold you stuck in negativity. You know, the fear, the doubt, the anger. Um, 
this is a good time to really address that. You know, can you release those things that you're holding? Because this is a good time. We can't really achieve awareness, enlightenment, whatever words you want to use, unless we are really open to eliminating the darkness that's already within, you know, because we all have it. You've already mentioned the whole idea of consciously preparing for the holidays, being very focused on what it is that we're doing, not just abstractly taking care of everything and spending more quality time. I love that, you know, connection you made with the love languages because there are many ways, you know, they talk about five different ways that you can um, show your love and gift giving is only one of them, you know, so I, I, that was a good connection to bring up to that at that point. I thought it was great. Yeah. And I mean, my style of, pretty much everything related to Christmas has changed over the years. And like, sometimes I'm like, am I being a Scrooge? And I don't think I am. It's just that as we grow in consciousness, like we just can't always do things the way we used to anymore. So I buy gifts for people all year long. And those who know me know that like, they'll get a random gift for me (laughs) because it's something (laughs) I saw. Right. And I'm not necessarily like, I have to give it all just on a birthday or in Christmas or it's like, it's really stuff is in flow around that. And um, yeah, I just, I remember once talking to a friend who was like, well, I have to get the right things and like, you know, it has to be this amount and that and like this person, like they're not giving back the same amount. And I just was like, wow, it sounds like a lot of control (laughs) and a lot of like missing the point, you know what I mean? Where now it's like, um, it's a checklist and a to do and a should and a have to, which causes people stress. So you know, I'm not saying that you're the black sheep in the family and everyone's upset with you, like which is what I did at first. But, like, I'm saying question it and then, like, talk to your loved ones and see if maybe there's a different type of celebration or connection that is actually what everyone's really craving, but someone needs to be brave enough to say it. I had a client once say, like, she had hosted, I guess it was Thanksgiving, like, every year for years and finally was like, I don't want to do it. And this is what I'm planning to do. I'd love to still see all of you with that work. And everyone's like, that'd be so much better. <laughs> and it was one of those whole, like, sometimes what's good for you is really what's good for everyone else. And to really just mm-hmm. get conscious of, like, why am I always making this one thing that someone always made in my family, but every time I eat it, I feel sick, right? And, like, is that really what my body wants? Or would my body want something else right now? And, and like, it's okay to break tradition and create new traditions, as long as we're really connected to like what matters, you know, I'm not saying be a Scrooge and like shut it all down. It's just like, like I still watch Christmas movies because for me, they spark a lot of answer and, you know, I get excited, like still in my forties about Santa Claus. And I think that that's just the usefulness that I always want to keep. Right. And so I think that that it's like, finding what really works and fits for us each uniquely mm-hmm. and knowing ourselves well enough to know kind of what that is. Um, yeah. Absolutely. That's my two cents on yeah. that. Well, one of the things when you mentioned the movies, I, I was trying to think about different, well, you know, there's the it's a wonderful life, that type of thing. And that's a perfect one to say, life doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful, you know, but that that's, so that's a good movie. But the one that I was thinking about was, and because I remember um, I was going to the Unity Church uh, in Jupiter 
and the minister was talking about Rudolph. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. It was before Christmas, and she was making connections with the symbols of, of Christmas. And she talked about Rudolph, and she said, there's a bit of Rudolph in every one of us. He was always a little different from the other reindeer. Um, but no matter what, he let his light shine. So when we bring the Rudolph light that's in us and let it shine out on the other parts, even though that we want to hide, we become kind of the hero of our own story. Um, we can embrace all the parts of us, you know, the parts that are what other people are perceived different, and we can still let our light shine. Um, just a funny little thing she said, and I, I just have never forgotten it. She said, um, uh, do you know about olive reindeer, the olive reindeer? And I'm, everybody's like, what are you talking about? She said, all of the other reindeer. <laughs> Everybody laughed. All of the other reindeer. So it was like they all laughed at him and called him names, but he was still Rudolph. So I thought that was kind of an interesting connection to talk about um, the movies that we do see at this time of year and how they impact us. If we if we are aware and conscious, we're not just simply filling up our time, you know, looking at them, but really trying to find the deeper meaning in everything. Of course, that's I just think everything has symbology <laughs> at this time of yeah. year, and it's just like paying more attention to the metaphors. I mean, a lot of the work I do with coaching with horses is all based on like, you know, what we see in mirrors, what we see in reflection, what we see with the metaphors. And I think the, this holiday in particular has that. Let's end talking. Oh, I'll, I'll share my favorite Christmas movie before we move to Solstice real quick. But I just love Chevy Chase's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation because it's like so real. Like, it is the shadow side of the family where you see how people don't always get along, how people talk to each other, how obsessed people can be with competition or money or sex or any of these different elements that are all kind of baked into our psyche. And it is just exposed in a very real, like, hey, neighbors don't always get along and families don't always get along. And I mean, it's over the top raunchy and crazy, but it really, <laughs> I just love anything that's a little bit more real and truthful than like, I don't know, it's a wonder, I still have a hard time with It's a Wonderful Life. You could probably, you know, <laughs> psychoanalyze me. Oh, but, like, I like I the bell when they ring because I, I think of an angel every time. Heavy <laughs> taste. So, anyways, that's where you can tell who I am, which is spiritual, but also very, very um, not so. Um, so let's end with solstice because solstice is something I started to really play with a few years ago, doing winter solstice celebrations with um, meditations with the horses, and it was really profound. Um, and honestly, like the donkeys, you know, don the donkey carry Jesus supposedly, right? And they have a big cross on their back. And there's a lot there around their energy and Christ's energy, I think. Um, they've always carried us physically. And they really, I think, are here to carry burdens and grief now. And they do this equine-assisted work in either therapy or learning. So I just, we, my first solstice event we had, the horses were like, they meditated with us and then they went to eat. <laughs> but the donkey sweetness was like stood in the middle of the circle. And it was just really, he went up to every single person. It was really beautiful. So tell us just briefly about solstice as we kind of end here. What is not, what opportunities do we have for winter solstice? What is it really about? Well, it, again, it, that uh, 
is actually an old ancient pagan celebration. And, you know, um, many religions, Wiccan, for example, call it Yule. And that's what I was mentioning because it is a celebration of the sun god, Sol. And that's how we get the word solstice. It's an equal day, equal, I'm sorry, shortest day, longest night. And that is um, the winter. We we also have a solstice in the summer where we have the shortest um, night and longest day. And it's, you know, different from the equinoxes where it's equal. But it's basically a time, uh, the winter solstice is a time of going within. It's, It's relinquishing the darkness and bringing in the light. Now, it takes a while, but, you know, only after a couple of weeks do we start to start to see the difference, you know, with the light increasing um, after the, usually it's the 21st or 22nd of December in the Northern Hemisphere anyway. Um, do you feel like it's kind of a portal time the way 1111 is? And, like, it's a time when, it, like, maybe the veil is thinner. Do you get that sense? Absolutely, absolutely. I think, you know, any of those um, periods where we are, the veil is thinner for the, for the different worlds, we are connected. And, and it's because we're more aware. When we become aware, we are connected. That's the, that's the thing to remember. That's what awareness is, consciousness, whatever word you want to use for it. When we become more conscious or more aware, that is that is when we're making headway into our growth as um, going into the, you know, we're in the Aquarian age, whether we like it or not, but we are really also moving into the fifth dimension more strongly. But it can only happen when we have this awareness or consciousness. And when we have a solstice time, that is a period where we can certainly make that connection a little bit more readily than if we waited, you know, and just did yeah. it at another time. Same thing with moons, you know, full moon and, and new moon. Everything, everything like that astrologically certainly does connect um, to the inner because we're all related in one way or another in that, you know, as I said in the beginning, we're all energy. You know, I mean, not, nothing is separate. We're all energy. Well, and then a lot of, like, the people I folks talk about, the people I follow talk about the crystalline energy and our entire body is receiving more light from the sun and um in general right from invisible support i'll call it and really like our bodies are changing and so i do think it's interesting like a we have the moons monthly to kind of fall into cycles around but we also as markers right to like connect and go within but we have it seasonally with solstice mm-hmm. and right at least winter and summer. Um, and then I always like think, oh yeah, it's winter. And then I'm like, oh wait, half of this like earth is half of the world. winter. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. um, and that's always a great reminder too. Like, yeah, we're all connected and like, doesn't mean our realities are always all the same. Right. So I always am like, oh yeah, winter solstice. And I'm like, mm, that's not just, that's not, not everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. So it's a good reminder. <laughs> well, yeah, I like exactly. that a lot of people are now offering like sound baths and meditations and like workshops and vision boards and all that like around solstice, but also around New Year. And a lot of people right now are talking about doing New Year review and reflecting and reviewing and releasing, as you were saying earlier, like mm-hmm. what no longer works, even just through intention or I like this thing called 
I call it dump writing, but our master's program calls it freeform writing, where you just let go of like grievances and um, write them down and safely burn it or shut it. And, you know, it is a time to do some of that work so that you're lighter going into the year. I remember after my horse died in 2017, I used the end of the year as a marker to be like, my grief is mostly done. I am not carrying this into the new year because it had happened in April. And I was like still kind of choosing into that suffering. And I just was like, I'm done. I'm letting this go. And I use the end of the year as a true marker. Um, And then I was like, my intention is just more joy in the new year. And it really manifested because it was just Mm -hmm. that intention. So reminder for everyone, think about the meaning, think about the other pieces and purposes of this time and the season of light. Did you have something finally you wanted to share? No, I think you've done a good job wrapping it up, honestly. Very good. Yeah, ultimately, there's a lot to discuss about the nuances and the spirituality and the religious pieces here. And I truly hope we didn't like offend anyone who believes something very differently. I come from that place that I used to be atheist, so I kind of hold anything and everything as a possible reality (laughs) Um, and very much like to have the research and the facts and whatnot to back it up, but then also like ultimately like to drill it down into the spiritual components or the themes. And so, yeah, maybe journal for yourself on what, you know, to our listeners journal on what the season of light is for you and how you can grow more light in yourself and in your life. So Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for everything you researched, Mom. There's so much I did not know, so hopefully it was um, helpful for everyone as well. Well, I always bring in that, you know, educational piece of it, (laughs) being a teacher. So, no, it's it's good, all good information. But I like I like the fact that we work together on that, and that you bring it right down to a very practical. Here are some things that you can do. You know, it's one thing to have the the information, but that's all it is is really information. How does it apply in your life? Is really what the bottom line question is. So, completely so we well together. <laughs> awesome! Thank you so much. I everyone have a wonderful holiday, whatever you celebrate. We did not even talk about Hanukkah. Clearly, there's a lot of yeah, light in Hanukkah a as lot well, and that as well. So, Absolutely. sending everyone a lot of love and light. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.